0: Are good to go. With more of the Matt Wire
1: Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Back with you, hour number two of the first show of 2024. Give yourself a round of applause. You have made it to 2024. Doesn't this sound weird? I saw something this morning. It was like uh, this. I was like, "Oh, here's a recent article that came out in 2019, five years ago." 2019 was five years ago. Feeling old yet? Yeah. All right, back with you in the bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Y'all can be a part of the show. Lots of different ways. Hope you will do that. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Number to call, 897-1059, 601 number, 897-1059. Repeat after me, 897-1059. Now you got it, now you got it. Around here we stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Get some New Year's deals, post-holiday deals, and so on and so forth. All right, Uh, you can also text me on the country-pleasing text line. Number to text, same as always, 885-3776. Blind Squirrel Sports over on the Murray West Live thread. He's on YouTube, and he says, uh, talking about Florida State, he said, those guys not being 100% didn't help, but Georgia didn't handle their business. They missed a field goal after a false start. Talking about Alabama, moved the kick back to 50 yards, they fumbled inside the ten, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. Said, um... Bama played better, deserved to win the SEC championship game. They did, and therefore they got in and had a chance and get it to overtime. Be honest. Major difference in the game was quarterback, right? And look, Michigan physically was able to go toe-to-toe with Alabama. Not many teams, not many programs can say that. And when physically you can step in there and bam, toe-to-toe, with Alabama, so the physical battle, and sometimes you win in your fair share of that. Well, then when there's a major difference at quarterback, and and it's not a sh- the other guy's good kid at Michigan's is just good, man. It's not necessarily a shot at Milrow. He's young. He is young. We don't we're paying him, and we don't like to talk about him being young now. And I I get it. And they're five stars. They're supposed to be ready. I get all that kind of stuff. But look, he's young, and he's still got a lot of development to go through. He's a phenomenal athlete. But uh, you could tell in that game, like they identified Michigan identified some things on film that they could really cause trouble for for them and for him. And one is dropback situations. We are going after him. There will be no oh, we're scared to play man to man because he'll throw it down the field. We're, Michigan was like, we got we got great corners. We love the matchup in man to man one on one down the field. Therefore. We're coming after you. And, boy, did they ever more cause some uh, problems and some adjustments. Alabama had to just straight up, like, totally adjust their game plan in in the first quarter of the ballgame offensively. And to their credit, they found some stuff they could do and had a chance to win the game. Michigan made the plays, though. But a question that I posed earlier, knowing what we know now. Somebody uh, commented on X Still hard, still getting used to it, but I'm getting there. That, um, what did they say here? The Peach Bowl had the second largest attendance, it was the only one behind the Rose Bowl. It outdrew the Cotton and the Playoff Sugar Bowl. Not surprised by that. Not surprised by it. I guess, you know, obviously, like a super invested, excited fan base like Ole Miss because of what they're going through. And, uh, and Penn State, you know, a really big fan base. But a lot of these others, for the most part, are not attended very well. No wonder some of the TV ratings are good because we're all at home. <laughs> we're not there, right? But you could – I, you know, that I was genuinely, from the day they announced the matchup, looking forward to watching Alabama and Michigan play. Something to play for. It's a playoff game. Riding on it. Those two teams, lots of interest. You know, Texas and Washington up there, but not quite the same way. Um, but th- it will be there. The the TV viewership for Michigan, Alabama, will be actually much bigger than it will be for the national title game. Watch and see. But the deal was, you know, we just went through a bowl season where even even fans who we love, those of us who a lot of us who love college football, even we couldn't bring ourselves to spend our valuable time. Watching these ancillary bowls is what we have grown to view as sort of like consolation games. Teams that have their starting quarterbacks and starting receivers and starting running backs and DBs all opting out. We're playing freshmen who've been riding the bench all year long. Sure, it's nice for those fan base. You get to see a player they care about. I don't know what's that. i got better things to do. And that's the approach kind of everybody took. It's like we got to a point where we go – if hundreds and hundreds of players themselves, the player, the guys in the uniforms, are sending a loud, clear message of, of saying, this is this doesn't mean enough for me to play in it. I just, there's no reason for me to play in this game. And certainly, no, not all the players did that, but a lot of them did. And if they're that way about it, then what about me? Why am I going to watch it? about that so that's the point it's been driven to and it's a combination of really three really two main factors three factors but really two main ones one you have a four-team playoff we've had it for 10 years i know it's it's on the way out we're, we're moving to 12 that's great but you four 14 playoff right and it's like those are the games that matter and the transfer portal the wide open transfer portal, there's nothing to hold anybody back and the incentive to transfer also, which is NIL. Right? So all of those factors combined drove us kind of where we are. And what I did is we were having a con. I think it was having a conversation with my mom about this one day uh, over the Christmas break. and And this stuff just started coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I said, you know, it's like it's like Mike Leach said 10 years ago. If you're going to have a playoff, have one. Either have a real sure enough playoff or just don't have one and stick with what you've got. See, before people go right now, hey, well, back then, players all looked forward to playing in a bowl game. Yeah, okay. You didn't have NIL and transfer portal like you do now. Then, sure. But it's like, we In 1998, we could be state going to the Cotton Bowl and know if we win it, they're not going to crown us a national champion. But we were no different than anybody else. Everybody else in the country is just going to the bowl they're sending them to. <laughs> it's just what you did. You didn't have a playoff. Everybody understood it. And what you did is you went and played in your bowl game when it was over. And they gave you all kinds of gifts and per diem money, and you played on national TV, right? You didn't have one, and then we, I don't think I know I didn't. Of course, in 2014, yeah, I didn't know it was going to get to this point. But also, I didn't know we were going to have a wide open transfer portal. I didn't know you're going to just pay the players outright. I didn't know any of that was going to happen. Then. But if you had known, and you could go back, wouldn't you say, "Look, look, 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 look. why are you doing a 14 playoff? What's the point of that? Why are you even doing it?" Don't do it. Either have a sure enough robust playoff or don't have one. Let me give you some numbers. And and I don't even know what well, I guess we could look it up. I guess we could look it up. Okay. Do you ha, do you know the answer to this? How many teams are in uh Division 1 men's basketball? How many teams compete in division 1 I. I think it, so it's it says it's a little more than 350 okay 351 right 351 teams play division 1 basketball 351 all right so 68 of those are going to get in the tournament so what's that percentage you mathematicians out there what's that percentage all right hang on That's going to be, what, 20%? Right at 20%? Let's see. Yeah, right at 20%. So right at 20% of the teams in college basketball make the postseason. College baseball, right at, right, all those teams, you get 64 teams in a tournament. So let's say you have, let's just say it's somewhere between 120 and 125 FBS Division I football teams, what's 20% of that? 25. Okay, so 24 would be a good round number, right? Good, even number. So if you did a percentage, the same percentage of basketball teams that play getting in the postseason, same percentage of baseball teams that play getting in the postseason, the same percentage of football teams getting in the postseason would be 24. At least 24. You could, if you had a 2014, double what they're going to next year. You see my point? My point is this. Like I said earlier, looking back on it now, when they went to this 14 deal, maybe they didn't know that they were going to get challenged and not be able to enforce transfer rules. Maybe they didn't know that states were going to pass laws and now it's just outright pay for play for everybody. We call it NIL. It's pay for play. It's what it is. Not my words anymore. They're Nick Saban's words. He said it word for word. It's not really NIL. It's pay for play. He said it. Not me. Don't get mad at me. So, maybe we didn't know. But looking back on it, why even call it a playoff? It's not a playoff. There was one individual in all of college football leadership, as much as 10 years ago, with one, the intelligence, and to the guts to just come right out and say it when everybody else, hey, we're gonna have a playoff. It'll be fun. It's cool. It's different. When everybody else was saying, he was saying, that's not a playoff. <laughs> if you're gonna have a playoff, have one. If not, don't. But like going to a 14 playoff and calling it a playoff is like walking down on the pier dipping your toe in the water and then coming back and telling everybody you went swimming. You didn't go swimming. That ain't swimming. Okay? The one guy who spelled it out clear as crystal 10 years ago was the late, great Mike Leach. Three minutes of wisdom long before anybody else would say it. Here it is.
0: I think 64 teams but I think the minimum is 16. If you had 16 teams, then I think we could settle a whole lot of these issues. You know, it doesn't matter what the East Coast or Los Angeles or anybody in between things. All of a sudden, there's 16 teams. Oh, geez, number 16 beat number four. Well, screw number four. Number four is out, you see, because number 16 got them. You know? I mean, that pretty well solve all of it, would not it? And then 32. You could easily do 32. And then... Um, uh, And then, you know, the most stunning thing, and I give this lecture probably three times every year, but um, then college football says they scratch their head and they give a really befuddled, mixed-up look, and they get a really screwy expression on their face. Like, well, how can that possibly be? I mean, how can we do that? I mean, how is it possible that you could actually have a playoff format in college football? Well, gee, I don't know. Let's start with, uh, we, we can go down to the local city park. and I'll bet you somebody that handles youth football could tell you how to do something like that. Well, that's too low of a scale. Let's move it up a little bit. Okay. How about high school from a major state? Let's say Texas, Florida, or California. Let's see how they do it. Okay, let's see. These guys... You know, they win a certain number of games, they have a qualification. Okay, now, boom, they're in the playoffs. But they don't have just two or four teams or something. Hell no. Because they want everybody to have fun and enjoy this playoff system. So they have 16 or 32 or 64 or something like that. Okay, so then they play each other and everybody's on the edge of their seat, going to wait and see if this team's going to beat that team or going to beat the other team. And so then, (coughs) uh, in the end, there's occasionally a debate, if only this team hadn't lost to that team in this round, then this team could have won the whole thing, and that's perhaps true. But the thing that is indisputable is that at the end of the gauntlet, this team came out on uh, number one, and there's no debate whatsoever who state champion. Yeah, then you can go to Division 3 Let's see how do they do it. Oh, they do it the exact same way. Okay now the suspense is really starting to get thick <laughs> because you know division 2 might do it differently no in fact they don't they do it exactly exactly boys and girls like division 3 does and then now they've changed the initials because in this era of political correctness, they love to change initials, and make it proper to say things one way instead of another. And I forget what the initials is, but then they go to one double A. Okay, at one double A, how do they do it? in One double A, one double A. I mean, because that's getting closer to us, and we're really sophisticated because we're major, major one A. How do they do it in one double A? You know what they have a playoff format and they play it and they figure it out and 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 then um okay 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 well that's they're all below us okay what about above us the nfl and everybody you know that just makes you feel good to roll those initials off your uh, it's like huckleberry finn said some days i just have to swear to get a good taste in my mouth okay so then nfl now that makes my mouth feel good because that's the best, and they're the top. Let's see here. How did they figure out their champion? Well, they, in fact, organize a playoff system. And how many teams are in there? A hell of a lot more than four. (laughs)
1: That's fantastic, y'all. That's fantastic. What was that, eight years ago? More? Just nailed it. Point for point for point for point for point. Just before anybody, before it was popular, and they hated him for it, and you had people on ESPN who would not even say his name on the air and treated him like he was some kind of sideshow at times, and the guy was nailing it. It is exactly right, and what he said is coming to fruition is that especially now you pour a little gas on the fire and that gas happens to be transfer portal in NIL, and what you saw this bowl season was you had exactly one or two teams, fan bases, outside of the four playoff teams who were genuinely excited about the game they were playing in and what was going on. The rest of it, and a big reason why is because by going to a four-team team "Quote unquote playoff." You sent a loud message. If you're not in that, if you're not in that, it doesn't matter. Have a playoff. To their credit, now let's stop for just a second. To everybody's credit, they're going to 12 teams next year. So, so here we are now. In another incremental step you know as a mississippi state guy i really like it right i love the 12 team playoff deal why because i feel like my school in a given year the stars align you have a good team you have a good quarterback you stay healthy my team could make a 12 team playoff they could okay that's great but people sitting here talking about solving problems with college football and this unsustainable deal and all this kind of stuff you know where you start you know where one place to start is. Let's have a real playoff. Let's put tw- let's do like basketball and NCAA baseball do, and put twenty percent of the teams that participate into the playoff at the end of the year. Now, again, if you want to listen to Coach Leach, he's sitting and saying, "Do sixty something." You talking about ramping the interest up? And look at the NFL. You have thirty-two. I know it's professional athletes are not going to school, right? But And, yeah, they're getting paid, but they got contracts. You know, you're giving kids in college all kinds of money. You're not even making them sign a contract. They don't play enough games. If that's going to be the scenario, you got 32 teams and half of them go to the playoffs. And nothing is more popular than the NFL. And nothing sells more tickets consistently than the NFL. And nothing has bigger TV ratings in the NFL, and they have more teams making their postseason playoff than any other level of sports or of football. It's smart. It's just smart. So you go, we'll solve things. Everything's changing. you got to roll with the changes. Okay, change. (laughs) Show me that you really understand that and believe it. Change. We'll stop at 12. That's not enough. Four really wasn't even a playoff. All that did was put a moniker on things that helped it to deteriorate faster the postseason. That is, don't they? 12 ain't enough, and the format's not any good anyway. Now, I still don't know what's going to come of that. I just know that when conference realignment started happening and all of the Pac 12 schools left, except two of them. All of a sudden, it makes no sense whatsoever to stick with the previous agreed-to format for this expanded 12-team playoff, and that is the Pac-12 champion gets in. Uh, uh, no. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Because there's not going to be a Pac-12. What are you going to do? So, they're already going to have to redo the makeup of the format, the structure of the format, add to the format. The two simplest fixes... That would start things towards actually maybe being able to then be corralled and structured and everybody go, ah, oh, this makes sense. The first two things they ought to do, they ought to do it tomorrow. Redo that. Don't do 12. Do Double it. Do a 2014 playoff. Every how many games and sites you got to have? You're paying them all anyway. Then I go into school. And then give the non-FBS, so we're talking Sunbelt Conference USA, the group of five give them their own playoff and own trophy to chase. Don't tell South Alabama that they're chasing the same trophy as Alabama. That's dumb. Always has been. Do those two things, and it's two steps immediately in the right direction. And it could be done. Trust me. All right, your text coming up. Stick around.
0: Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now.
1: All right. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau. The Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Uh, Steve commented earlier on Facebook. He said, Matt, where did you get that shirt that you're wearing? It's actually a hoodie. It's like one of those light materials. Got a hoodie. Got a hood. The Mississippi State baseball logo on the front. I got it at the Mississippi State University golf course. Uh, Tim and the Adam and the folks out there. It's just at Hale State GC on uh, social media at Hale State GC. Look them up. You can get one like this, and they have all uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. They got state script. They got interlocking baseball logo stuff. And all the golf stuff out there at the golf course, it fits. Right. You know, so that golfers, golfers aren't walking around and, you know, it's just a group of people that generally, like, they're going to buy stuff that's, that fits right <laughs> and uh, is functional. And so they have good stuff out there. Thanks for asking. Blind Squirrel Sports said, Speaking of the portal, I'm concerned that attrition in the secondary could be an issue for Georgia In 2024, Dogs lose three starters to the NFL and two highly recruited athletes in redshirt freshman Julian Humphrey and C.J. Allen. Yeah, and, you know, um, I know Georgia missed out on the playoff this year, but, you know, given their recent run and the way that they've accumulated talent, here's a fact, okay, from a perception standpoint, you're not going to find anybody out there that's going to really feel sorry for Georgia. Regarding their talent level or accumulation of it or how they can go out and replenish what they lose. Okay, so you're not gonna find anybody feel sorry for Georgia. But the reality is, what you're saying is that a back to back national champion recently, a program like Alabama, nobody is immune these days to players on their team realizing, you know what? I've got I've got leverage. There's plenty 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 of schools out there with playing time available who would love to have me, who in fact, if I put my name out there, will make me financial offers. And and I want a car, <laughs> and I want some money, and I want to cash that in cuz there's no I could blow up my knee next year and not make the NFL. So, I'm out. You know, if they want me to stay, they can make me an offer. If Florida State wants me to come there, they can make me an offer. So, see, nobody is immune to that whatsoever. Now, I I will say this, too. uh, I caught it on X, formerly Twitter, after that game where Georgia just ran Florida State out. I mean, it was, what was it, 63-3 to was the final score. I didn't watch a single play of it. That's a good thing because I never would be able to get that time back. But, see the final score. And then I saw afterwards where Kirby smart said, well, you know, here's an example. Um, and this didn't basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically like this is bad. Uh, leaders of college football need to take a look at something like this and realize, you know, we got to do something, you know, something's got to be done. And, uh, you know, I think Kirby smart deserves credit for saying that and acknowledging it publicly after a game like that. Um, it's real easy, you know, as a competitor, to never not have one ounce of sympathy for your opponent, and no matter who they played or who they had out, at, beat them as bad as you can beat them, and afterwards celebrate it like you just beat, you know, the Dolphins. I, as a competitor, there's a tendency to do that, right? Like step on their neck. <laughs> I get it. And so t- there's some a certain amount of credit that I think Kirby Smart gets and should get for sitting there post-game, recognizing, getting the overall, and going, okay, you know, this was not good. And this is what you get. And but I, I I'm I have run out of patience for anybody in any leadership position in college football continuing to talk about issues and needing to fix it and not really doing a doggone thing about it. And unfortunately, that also has to include a guy like Kirby Smart. Unfortunately, you know, and I agree with like 99% of the things that Nick Saban has said about it. Okay, but it's what he has said about it. I want to know what he's doing about it. And you go, well, Matt, they went and met with Congress. Okay, well, you might as well not. And everybody knew that ahead of time. That was just a big show. Okay, that's all that was. That was checking off a box of like, we got to go try, we got to show that we try to do this. We don't think anything's going to come of it. And guess what? Nothing came of it. That was just a big show. So what are you actually trying to do? Same thing for conference commissioners, all this kind of stuff. See, because... The cynical side of me, which I can be, pessim not, not pessimistic, but I can be cynical about motives and stuff with the best of them. I get it. To a fault. Y'all call me out when I need it. Really. Call me out. But I can be cynical with the best of them. Because there's part of me that looks at it and goes, you know what? I don't want to hear one more multimillionaire coach, multimillionaire commissioner, preach into a microphone about how we need to get their heads together and make some changes. I'm sick of all the talk. You know what? Do something. Even if even if putting a structure around it that makes sense, you know, drawing some borders and get it to a point where maybe they are maybe they're professionals, maybe they have maybe players get contracts and they already have agents. You know they get contracts, they get paid. I know it puts a big old dent in what you're able to do at the college level from a Title IX perspective. Well, okay, maybe then that gets Cong- Congress's attention. But cross that bridge when you get there. Do what you have to do, okay? And and when you the first one of these coaches or ads or conference commissioners who come up with a solution that is actually a solution that at the same time may put a dent in the money that they make. Then you'll have my attention. Then I might wake up. But until then, I've had just about enough of people like Kirby Smart, I have respect for him, talking about it. I heard enough talk. And and one more. To his credit, you know, Lane Kiffin, you go back to SEC media days in the summer, man, he nailed it in talking about the environment, The lack of structure, the situation that you have, and no rules to play by at this major college level right now, as it relates to the transfer portal and to NIL and all that kind of stuff, he nailed it. He was the one guy who did it, (laughs) earned my respect for doing it because he just went. He was on like the last day of media days, and after three days of blah 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 (laughs) from everybody else. He goes up there and says, you know what? Here's what y'all really want to know. And I'm going to tell you like it is. And just laid it out, just exactly what is reality in the whole situation. And guess what? Guess who criticized him? The TV people. <laughs> Imagine that. Feinbaum and those eggheads. They criticized him for telling the point blank truth. And, and what they the way they criticized him was they said, well, he's a hypocrite because he uses a transfer portal. And they give out NIL money at Ole Miss. Therefore, he's a hypocrite. No, he wasn't. That wasn't even what he said. He basically said, if this is what y'all want to do, we're going to do what we have to do. But to think that this is the right thing to do or the right path to go and sustainable is wrong. It's not. Like, what else choice does he have? He came right out and said it. He even said, Lane Kiffin even said, that he has told his players at this time, you will never have it better financially than you do right now. You will never have more money with less leverage than you have right now. You'll never have uh, with more leverage than you have right now. You'll never have more money with more leverage than you have right now, ever in your life as a professional ever before. And they may even change it next year. And so that's where it is. He even came right out and said that. And these eggheads on TV still criticized him for it. Okay. And so what has he done? So what Lane Kiffin has done is gone. Okay. I see this for what it is, but I'm not going to be held back by it if this is what y'all are going to do. You're going to open these doors? Okay, watch me. To his credit. So you don't like it, do something about it. So what I'm saying is, (laughs) everybody talks about New Year's resolutions, right? So here's a New Year's resolution for me. Any coach, administrator, AD, school president, conference commissioner who is actually trying to do something about the mess of college sports, I will praise them. Even if I disagree with the method or even if I don't understand it, I'll praise them for trying to do something. Anybody else who continues to get on a microphone and talk about it, yet they're in a position of leadership, I'm going to criticize that. Sick of the talk. Y'all do too much talking. All of them are starting to become a little bit too much like politicians. Yep, 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 yep. Deposit my check on Friday. So we'll we'll find out where people stand on this stuff really as we go throughout 2024. Well, I kind of lied to you a minute ago. I said I was coming to the text messages. So we'll do that next, I promise. Paul and Scott... Brian and Kenny and Jason and Anthony and Brad and Grumpy and all y'all coming to your text on the country-pleasing text line. Stick around. I'm Matt in the bureau. Did y'all see where um, Grambling's women's basketball team beat a team from the College of Biblical Studies by final score of 159 to 18? I mean, uh eight players in double figures biggest margin of victory in Division one women's basketball history. 141 points. by the way, Grambling is just six and five. They jumped out to a 34point lead 34 to nothing. <laughs> they didn't allow the opponent's first points until the 214 mark of the first quarter. At halftime, at halftime, they led 82 to 10. <laughs> and Grambling versus the College of Biblical Studies. I mean, why are we even playing there? Why, why are we even playing that? game? Okay. All right. Uh, Texts on the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the best. Walk in there and say, country-pleasing, Please. Unnamed texter says, why are the NIL agreements allowing players not to play in bowl games if they are getting paid to play? Eh, you know why? Because it's my understanding you can't legally have a contract in that situation. Shoot, man, I don't know. It's a fine question, though, isn't it? Fine question. Uh, Scott texts the show, and he says, NIL money should stipulate so much per game and then the bigger chunk at the end of the year for bowl game and playoffs. That way they may not opt out. Yep. It would make sense, right? Matt texts the show, and he says, uh, we should have a 2014 playoff in a Power Five and 2014 playoff in a group of five. It would be awesome. Man, it would be awesome. And and even you know the group of five playoffs would draw, would draw big TV ratings. I don't know why they won't go to it. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the other stuff does make sense. Somebody says, uh, unnamed techers says, what would be the best change to NIL? Well, I just think the best change is um, have contracts, you know, in any other area of life (laughs) and whether, you know, in the past or in the future. When, it, when money exchanges hands, there's an agreement and, and some form of a contract. And there are protections on both sides. And I've told you this before. I've gone on those long rants where inevitably some mushy-headed media talking head on ESPN goes, Yeah, well, the coaches can leave whenever they want. And we don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pfft, coaches have contracts. You dummy. Coaches have contracts. And if they leave before the contract's up, they owe a buyout to the school. <laughs> And if the school fires him before the contract's up, the school owes him a buyout. And you know, but I mean it's just the way it is, right? It's protections on those kinds. Just like somebody talking a while ago. Like if you're a if you're a fan of a school and you're donating your money to the collective for the purpose of N I L, then the collective ought to at least be able to ensure that those players will play in a bowl game, right? Like I mean, it's a weird thing. Uh, Brian says, didn't each player get some kind of goodie bag from the bowl sponsors back when you played? We did. Um, you know, in various bowls, you have gift packages and things. It was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. The, the first one, it was my junior year, we went to the Cotton Bowl, and we got to our hotel, and you go in your room, and it's like, you know, you have your bed in the hotel room, and it's just covered in stuff. Just stuff everywhere. Clothes, shoes, Hats, gift cards, you know, th- this knick knack, that knick knack, you know, all kinds of stuff. And like that year, we dug down. This is back in 1998. Now you dig through all this pile of gear that they've given you on the bed and free stuff. And then there's this, there's a big box in there, and every player had gotten a PlayStation. It was pretty neat. Uh, Kenny, don't call me Ken. Text the show, and he said it's hard to believe in this day and age. Coach Leach was able to slip through and express his thoughts. Love it. Yeah, they didn't like him for it at times too, but he expressed his thoughts. You heard that, right? And I mean, he just nailed it. <laughs> division two, Division three, NCAA basketball, NCAA baseball, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NAIA, high school football, Little League football, Pee They all have a big, robust, comprehensive playoff for a huge percentage of their teams in a postseason. <laughs> so don't talk like – and they go, oh, well, football, you have to play more games. Well, all right, again, number one, you're paying them now. So in my opinion, you're not playing enough games. All right. Number two, oh, well, they're, you know, exams, school. Yeah, really? Because your favorite NCAA basketball team begins playing games in November – the first week of November, and they don't finish till March. And they play two games a week and sometimes on holidays. State played a grand total of, we added it up, what was it, 34 games last year. This is basketball. Road trip Wednesday, home game Sunday. I mean, you know, no more excuses. Jason in Flagstaff says, I think it's all a conspiracy since the BCS to protect a handful of big brands. What teams are capable of going unbeaten all year? And would they want to play Team X, who was suddenly won eight or nine in a row by double digits? Arizona this year, Ole Miss, for example, in the playoff? No, he says. Thanks for your text, Jason. Always good to hear from you. Happy New Year to you all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Anthony from Tupelo says, I really feel like before this is over, there will be four 20-team divisions with a head commissioner, 16-team playoff, then another lower four 10-team divisions with their own playoff. Yeah, there should be. See, and that's the thing about it, Anthony. When I said go ahead and make the decision now, break it off, give the group of five their own playoff, their own trophy that they chase for their own level of college football. It makes sense. It would be great for TV. It would be great for the players, the schools, the fan bases, all that kind of stuff. Give it to them. Right. Well, we're going to have that eventually anyway, because as we keep tracking, you're exactly right. What's going to happen? You're going to have a a power group break off. You're going to get that anyway. Go ahead and do it now. It just shows you how, like, I don't know, how hesitant. And so what's the opposite of courage? (laughs) I don't want to say cowardice because um, that doesn't seem like the right word but just how hesitant they are to do these things that that make a whole lot of sense right now, honestly. All right, it is January the 3rd. First show for us of 2024. On this day in 1979, the 100th episode of of this show aired on
0: television. Where to the, to in the,
1: the Jeffersons, 100th episode on this day back in 1979, an all-time theme song, might be the thing you remember the most. Sing along, everybody, you know it. It has a great show, um, for sure, and and I like it at state baseball games at the dude, when the other team walks, the bases loaded or walk, you know, move them up, they play that, moving on up. <laughs> uh, also on this day back in 1951, long time ago, NBC television debuted a long time radio show, to a you know converted to a TV show, it debuted called Dragnet. An all-time open, by the way. If you've, if you've never heard the Dragnet open.
0: The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they need to use that on the news tonight when they talk about those, those documents that are being released or whatever it is. Uh, And then here's another one, more recent, real quick. Uh, On this day in 1993, the first episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine aired. And it's a... um, Then again, that was 93. And I don't think I've ever... I'm aware of it. I don't think I ever watched it, though. Anyway, for you Star Trekkers out there, there you go. Yeah, so uh, unnamed texture said, Jefferson's my favorite all time. Still watches that show. PT for MSU. <laughs> yeah, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> That's it. That's right. The stories you're about to hear are all true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, listen, I appreciate y'all tuning in today. It's fun to get back at it, and we'll hit the ground running tomorrow, same time, same place, here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team for Beaver. I'm Matt, all of us here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: See you!